Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik, and today it is my uh, pleasure and a privilege to welcome Rob Scranton. Hi, Rob. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Thanks for coming on a podcast. Uh, you hail with a wonderful website. We'll talk a little bit about your business uh, later. We'll start with the uh, with the family, but your website is yourfinancialiq.org, not to be confused with .com or .net. Yeah, and uh, sure. tell us a little bit about Rob, where you live, family, kids, cats, pets, anything that works for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, my wife, Robin, and I've got three boys. We've got quite a range. Uh, we have a, a senior that's uh, going to be uh, graduating this year. Uh, he's 18, a 15-year-old, and then we've got our four-year-old. So kind of our um, tag along, I guess, at this point. But uh, it keeps everything fun and lively, and it's uh, it, you know uh, made uh, made made life interesting for sure. So <laughs> that's awesome. God bless. And uh, where is home? Oh yeah, sorry you asked that. Uh, yes, we live in uh, South Jordan, Utah, a suburb of the Salt Lake City area, and you know love the outdoors and all the national parks. We got five in the state. Don't tell anybody because we don't gonna get any even more overcrowded than it is because it is so beautiful and uh, we love skiing and you know just all the activities that there are here so it's it's been a great place to raise a family and and to live yeah beautiful part of the country and it's a great for if you are a uh i guess an outdoor enthusiast that's a great place to be for sure that's right yeah for sure so Let's talk a little bit about what you do. And what intrigued me, you, you said that you help folks turn their expenses into wealth building. So talk a little bit about that. Let's start with the basics and then kind of dive into, because ultimately what you offer is infinite banking. We've had other guests, but on the, podca on the podcast that talk about this, but you have a different angle. You, you do things a little differently. So we'd love to hear, how do you help folks uh, turn expenses into wealth building? Yeah, that's what we talk about. How to use, uh, you know, your debts and expenses that you already have to grow your wealth, and it is kind of a strange concept to people because uh, they're used to having to scrimp and save and delay sat gratification and deny themselves things as their mind. That's why a lot of people don't do it, right? Uh, you know, save or uh, you know invest, you know, for the for the future or down the road. But uh, we have a, a training where we show people how to. Uh, get back all the money uh, for all the cars that they're going to buy, drive, and own for the rest of uh, their life. And we use math and a lot of detail uh, to show exactly how we do that. In fact, I've got three cars sitting in my garage right now. I've got all the money back for every one of those cars I bought. Plus, I still have the cars sitting uh, in my garage out there. And that seems fantastical until you look at the math and see how it's really uh, possible. But that's one of the things I always ask when I go on podcasts is ask uh, the listeners to ask themselves, how much of the money have they ever got back for any of the cars that they've ever you know, bought, driven, and owned over the course of their life? And probably the answer is none, right? <laughs> cars have depreciating asset, and they had its expenses, insurance, obviously, upkeep, uh, loan payment, if you have a lease payment. So how do you do this? Let's just go dive into the, the depth. So folks have heard of the infinite banking. Uh, it's a whole life policy, typically overfunded. Just explain how folks do it. They set up the policy, they overfund it, and then they use the policy to finance 
some of these expenses and then at some point the money comes back. I'm just curious on the mechanics. Um, just start with the basics. What is a whole life policy? Uh, but don't go too deep on this because folks have talked about this. So whole life is an insurance policy that enables you to uh, add more cash than just the minimum debt benefit. So it's kind of a savings account in a matter of speaking. But talk a little bit yeah. about it. That's the way sometimes people think about it. It's like a savings account that comes with a bill. So you're more likely to pay that, you know, because savings always sounds like, oh, that's optional. Maybe I'll do that this month. Maybe I'll do it next month. Maybe I won't. But if it's automated, it's it's much more uh, likely to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the unique aspects of these particular policies. You know, they've been around for over 200 years, so we don't have to guess about how they're going to work or how they're going to turn out. So it's very predictable uh, in, in all those senses. And uh, we, we can only use, you know, anybody can write you a life insurance policy or a whole life insurance policy if they have a life insurance license. But we specifically design these uh, to work for the infinite banking concept. And most people, when they've shopped for life insurance in the past or been sold life insurance, usually they're looking to get the most amount of death benefit for the least amount of premium that they possibly can. Almost all of us have had a life insurance conversation with somebody in that regard, whereas we're kind of... Uh, you know, we're solving almost for the opposite. We're trying to get the least amount of death benefit we we possibly can for the most amount of premium that we possibly can. And we can only do these with mutualized insurance companies where the policyholders are essentially also owners of the company. The company was created for the benefit of the policyholders, uh, very similar in a way to if you think of like a teacher's credit union, where the credit union was was created for uh, the union members uh, to have you know really good banking you know access and so forth. Uh, so as such, when the company profits, you know the policyholders participate in the profit of the company uh, in the form of a dividend. So that way, you're getting paid a guaranteed interest rate, but you're also getting paid dividends. And uh, there's this very unique uh, feature of this that uh, a lot of our real estate uh, clients love using this banking system because uh, over time, you start building up the cash values inside the policy. You're getting paid that guaranteed interest rate. You're getting paid dividends. And when the company uh, you know, charges more premium than what the actuarials, uh, you know, uh, based on the actuarial tables than what they paid out in death benefits, they also return part of that premium to the policyholders as well. So you're kind of getting paid really in three different ways. And over time, that constant compounding, everybody talks about compounding interest, but very few people ever do it because as soon as you, you know, uh, take money out of your bank account at Wells Fargo to pay for a car, if you want to pay all cash, you stop earning interest uh, on that money at Wells Fargo. Whereas with what we're doing, you know, when you take a loan against the policy to purchase that car, uh, you're not actually taking the money out of the policy. What you're doing is you're taking a loan against the general fund of the insurance company uh, using your insurance policy as collateral. And so therefore, you never stop the constant uh, cash growth accumulation compounding inside the policy, even for one single day, while you're, you know, saving on the interest rate of what you would have paid to a finance company to buy the car, or say, invest in a piece of real estate or make a hard money loan to somebody for six, you know, 6% for a month. Uh, even while you're doing that with that money, you never stop earning on the dollars inside the policy uh, while you're doing that. So it really allows you to earn you know, a rate in two different places at the same time with the exact same dollar. 
And those kind of features and benefits just don't exist uh, with any other financial uh, tool or instrument uh, on the planet, at least not that I'm aware of. And if you know something, Mike, please let me know, because I've been looking for 14 or 15 years and, and I haven't found it yet. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, certainly, there are different things to invest. There are different ways to invest, but this is a um, a way to invest in sort of your own uh, becoming your own bank. But and listen, it's a multiplier because no matter what else you're doing, you can earn in two places at once. Well, let let's understand that. So you deploy, you 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 buy a policy, you jam in your cash into the policy. That cash yep. earns. Um, what does it pay? Five and a half, five and a quarter. Yeah, that's typically the that internal. Range? That's typically the internal return, and that doesn't sound that attractive or uh, exciting or sexy in the beginning. But it's that compounding effect over years. Where yeah, maybe you're making five and a half percent on a hundred dollars this year, but the next year you're making five and a half percent on you know a hundred and five dollars, and the next year you're earning five percent, and and so on and so forth. To the point where, you know, 10 years from now, you, you know, we're often seeing that people's cash is growing by double what they're making in premium deposits every year. Yeah, this, all guaranteed. This, this is a compounding. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, there's nothing to, um, let's just call it not sexy at five and a half percent. Maybe <laughs> today's environment when the rates risen and the banks are paying, you know, on CDs, that kind of interest, that's, that's, that doesn't look as attractive. But a couple of years ago when the banks were paying, you know, half a percent, the, the life insurance policy uh, payments or growth of the, of the cash at five and a half percent plus minus is certainly uh, comp- uh, comparable. Plus it's money is considered to be safe. Best way to, the way I thought, I, I think of this as it's relatively safe as life insurance policies have been around for a long time. They're probably way, way safer than a bunch of banks uh, that are out there that are have problems and the government to take over and all that's the good stuff. But where do you earn money twice? So you earn the money within the policy, right? Right. Then you can borrow against the insurance company uh, general fund. Uh, you're not really borrowing against the policy. The policy secures the loan, right? That's right. So that's yeah. why they'll give you the loan. They're not going to underwrite you. They're not going to go through credit check, none of the stuff. If you have nope. a cash balance in the policy, the insurance company will give you the loan against the policy because they have no risk, effectively. And yeah, then what do they exactly. charge? What what interest rates do they charge on that loan? And how does it compare to you uh, getting a car loan? Just I'm just curious, just using a very simple scenario. Where do you earn twice? Well, my neighbor across the street just went and got a car loan on a Greek Jeep Grand Cherokee, and uh, the best they were able to get was about eight percent interest. Where when we borrow from this, I you know typically I think the rates are right around four point seven five percent. Uh, when we borrow, but if we're earning at five and a half percent, we're creating a hedge right there, but it's actually much better than that because while we're earning that five and a half percent, if we had a hundred thousand dollar cash value in there and we borrow that out to give to a home flipper uh, that promises us a six percent return for the use of the capital over 60 days, so we're earning that, and we're still earning that whole five and a half percent on that entire hundred thousand inside of the policy itself, even while we borrowed that out. And I think that's just a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp because they've just never heard of that and never experienced that ever before. And so while we continue earning all that inside the policy, again, we don't stop the great cash growth accumulation compounding, even for a single day while we're borrowing it and we're, you know, they're making that hard money loan to a flipper, he flips that uh, property 
in 60 days, we get the whole $100,000 back and we put it back into our policy, replenish that, you know, fund that, uh, war chest or wealth, uh, you know, opportunity fund, whatever you want to call it. And we get paid the $6,000, um, you know, on top of it. So we've really earned on those dollars twice in that two months. And that's just a, a very unusual thing to be able to do. Yeah, I appreciate that explanation. So the way I'm hearing this is that you borrow from a policy, the rate somewhere around, you said 475, I've heard of the 5%. In plus mm -hmm. minus a little bit, but let's just call it five. And you can loan the money at a higher rate of return and you're creating arbitrage between what you're earning on that money versus what you're paying uh, the life insurance company on the loan, right? Yes. So it makes sense. It, it's it's arbitrage, of course, there's some risk, right? I mean, it's just not a uh, risk-free exercise in essence. The fact that you are loaning on a fix and flip project or whatever the hard money rate, 12%, 13, whatever, whatever the number is, and you're yeah. paying five that arbitrage it's arbitrage for the extra level of risk that you're taking between uh essentially sort of the zero risk bank loan to you right versus right. You, you make a loan hopefully you're on the road that loan well so understood so you, you you're earning arbitrage um uh because you're able to borrow against the policy and deploy the capital and uh, and your option number two instead of investing that money you could actually buy a car right and effectively, right. um, but in that exercise, you're also earning arbitrage versus you said uh, borrowing from a bank on a car loan at eight percent, which is your kind of your opportunity cost, which you would otherwise pay pay to borrow that money versus it's actually costing you at five percent. You're creating arbitrage again. It's just a different arbitrage. One is investment arbitrage; the other one is saving arbitrage. Am I getting it right? Yeah, no, that's pretty good. And, uh, you know, on top of that, I think the thing and that's just year one when we're making that comparison, you know, in year one, why is this a good idea? But that compounding effect uh, as years go by gets significantly better even. I mean, some of my older policies are 14 years old now. You know, I get my annual statement. It shows that $10,000 deposit that I made. Um, and it shows the cash value growth of $18,500. So that's 185% return on the dollars that I get back. So when I look at the cost of borrowing at 4.75, 5%, 6%, even if it was 10%, do I really care when... Every year I may, I, you know, put those dollars in and I see that I get back, you know, 185%. It'd be like, Mike, if I, if you gave me 10,000 and I gave you 18,500 back immediately, do you really care whether it's four or 5% that you had to borrow that against? Cause the, you know, the spread is so incredibly huge, you know, at that it's just fine. And we're happy with it year one, but as the years go on, I, I mean, just gets, uh, you know, unreal. I, uh, yeah, I, I said I wouldn't tell stories, uh, but uh, so I'll stay away from that. When my dad first showed me this with a policy that he got on me when I was a child, um, you know, a, a, just a standard whole life insurance policy. Um, so I saw it. I had it real in my hands when I was first investigating this and said, wow, OK, this is uh, actually 100 percent true. I've got this 30 year old policy that uh, is in my name that my dad's been paying on and I can see, you know, how this works. And that was, you know, really helpful when I saw a real example with policy with my name on it to completely understand what was going on with this. Yeah, Rob, I appreciate that. It's just what you just described is a power of multi-year compounding and a force yeah. savings, right? So the policy acts as a force saving mechanism because it's a still life insurance policy. You have to keep making annual payments. 
Yep. It forces at least a minimum. You can do more than a minimum. Obviously, it depends on the policy. But it forces automatic savings. And then yep. as, as the savings account grows with the compounding, as you're saying, yeah. uh, you have ability to borrow, you have ability to use the borrowed money uh, to invest. You, you, you don't need to go through the bank underwriting. So the, the power of compounding is just tremendous. And this story, again, um, that, that's near and dear to your heart is the fact that it's been done to you by your dad over many years. And yeah. that works. It works very, by the way, it's true with life insurance. It's true with college savings. It's true with any kind of savings. If yeah. you can if you can systematically, programmatically uh, save and invest and do it well uh, over time, um, it's, it works, right? So the concept is obviously very powerful. And yeah. in general, uh, some folks compare this to other, because this opportunity cost, at the end of the day, if you do a lot with, with a life insurance policy, that's wonderful. But also you have an opportunity cost. Can you deploy the money somewhere else? So yeah. it's kind of like if you have, if you're sitting on cash, you could put it in stock market, you could put it into real estate, you could put it into other things. But what, what I think you referred to is a lot of real estate people, they'll jam the money in the policy first, then yep. they borrow against the policy. Then they'll do their real estate deals, loan the money, do something else. That's so right. They that they're able to um, to basically do their business without losing a lot of cash. And so typically, when folks invest in their policy properly structured, of course, how much cash can they borrow against the policy in year one? If they, if they were to put a hundred thousand dollars in the policy, can they borrow a hundred thousand in year one? It's usually a reduced number. 80%, 85%. Is that is that about right? That's right. Yeah. So, Mike, and we always have to go back and compare it to just a straight whole life insurance policy compared to what we're doing with a, a traditional whole life insurance policy. If you were to get a $100,000 a year annual premium policy, you would have $0 of cash value year one, $0 in year two, maybe enough uh, cash value in year three to tip your barista at Starbucks. And you might start seeing some cash you know, start to accumulate in there by year four. Uh, so when we compare it to that, uh, yes, you know, in year one, you'll have approximately 50 to 60% of the premium deposits available uh, to uh, to borrow in the form of loans. Year two of that premium, approximately 80, 85%. And by the time we get year three, year four, somewhere in that range, that's when we start to see that tip in our favor where we're now seeing that we're having more cash value available than the premium deposits that we're making in there. And it just starts getting better and better uh, from there. They have to hold some of that back because we're doing this infinite banking system, you know, but there is this little cherry on top. We often don't talk about this death benefit and they have to pay for that. You know, in case somebody were to do something silly like die in the first, uh, you know, six months uh, of the policy. So they have to hold some of that back, you know, uh, initially. But I always think of this banking system as uh, not a, well, I could do the infinite banking or I could put this into stocks or 401k or or into real estate, think of it more of as an and, you know, whatever you do, you're going to be far better off, whether you're paying debts or expenses or investing by running the money through your banking system first, and then doing whatever else you're going to do, kind of like a credit card, you know, a lot of us, you know, that are business owners at one time, you know, we had our income came in, and then we paid all our bills at the end of the month. And one day we had this epiphany that like, oh, if I use one of these cash back cards or an airline mileage card, uh, I could have, uh, I could advance myself, um, you know, just by adding one more step into what I'm doing. 
and you know, getting my income and then paying each of those bills with my credit card and getting all those miles. And at the end of the month, just paying one bill um, so I don't misuse my credit and uh, you know uh, end up paying interest on it and so forth. But by just adding that one step, now I've got all these miles, I could take a free trip or I get the cash back because of it. And we think of this as sort of the same thing. We're just adding one more step into our financial life and creating a significantly better outcome with what we're doing. Plus we have this bonus you know, added cherry on top of this death benefit uh, to protect our family sometime you know, in 20 or 30 or 40 years on top of it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I appreciate you mentioning the death benefit. At the end of the day, we're all mortal. I mean, death and taxes, right? Uh, <laughs> life insurance is designed to address both of these issues. What's really interesting is the benefits are typically to the to the heirs, to the to the family, are tax free, right? And if because you usually uh, is it, it's a, it, at least it you know depends on how the policy is structured. But most of the yeah. these life insurance policies uh, provide tax free benefits to to to, to the kids. And then at the same time, it's a savings. It's a savings bank. So it's a very powerful uh, technique. And at the end of the day, like you said, it goes back a couple hundred years. So what 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 new things have happened in the industry in this front? So this is what you're talking about. is is absolutely a good idea. It, it's it's a it's a good way to customize the policies. Um, I've had other guests on the podcast that speak very very similarly the same similar same ideas. So. Um, how are you different from other folks who do this? Number one, number two, what has changed in the industry? What's is that? Has there been any innovation? Because the concept has been around, people talk about it, and you, once in a while, every year, somebody comes in and talks about this, and again, it's it's, it's still good. A year later, it's still good. A year later, it still works. It still works. It's a very steady, kind of a permanently consistent, conservative uh, way to uh, put your dollars to work. So no argument there. But again, what's new in the whole world of life insurance, whole life? And then uh, what are you doing different versus other folks that do things similar with this infinite banking overloaded saving side of the policy versus the debt benefit? Yeah, that's a, you know interesting two-part question, Mike. And I would say to me, that's really the strength of what we're doing is that there hasn't been anything changed. It's uh, you, you know once they discovered uh, you, you know what absolute mass was, you know scientifically, that hasn't really changed or gotten more sexy or interesting since they discovered that. And this whole life insurance policy, uh, they've essentially stayed you know very much the same for those 200 years that they've been in existence and so we they're very predictable we know exactly how they're going to work how they're going to you know change um the, sometimes people will come out with some new whiz bang you know uh sexy thing or approach but it's interesting like uh you know in nelson nash's book he talked about that universal life policies cannot be used for the infinite banking uh concept and and interesting i get those kind of questions all the time and interesting uh, the company that invented universal life was a company called ef hutton and they used to have a tagline that you know when ef hutton talks people listen but i guess people aren't listening anymore because ef hutton went out of business and they were the inventor of that so people are constantly trying to come up with new fancy sexy things and they drift off and go by the wayside and, and and so forth and as far as what we do you know i um had worked with uh, other companies in the past that uh you know did this infinite banking concept but what i didn't like is i kind of felt to a certain degree we did a lot of education and teaching people on the front end what infinite banking was and 
then people would get their policy and that was kind of it. We were sort of encouraged to move on to the next, you know, client. And I work with a, a company now uh, that we're partnered with called the Money Multiplier uh, that I love uh, their level of education that they help uh, clients with and ongoing education. And then the support we're able to provide people long term so that when they get this banking policy, of course, it's new to them. It was new to me when it was new to me. And we don't necessarily know. We, we know enough that we decide we want to do this. And this is an important, you know, financial tool that we should have in our lives. But as far as the practical application of the concepts and and executing the steps to make it work and make it happen, um, I think a lot of people you know, we've seen get these banking policies, even if they were designed exactly the way we would have done it for them ourselves, but people kind of freeze in inaction uh, because they're afraid to make a mistake or do something wrong. And of course it is money after all, and nobody wants to make a mistake, you know, with money. So they kind of freeze in inaction and do nothing. And then they're not using it for the banking aspects, which kind of defeats a lot of times the whole reason that they uh, set up this banking policy in the first place. So we really feel like when the policy goes in, in force or in place, it's not when our work ends, but that's when our real work begins. Uh, and we, uh, you know, demonstrate in that video uh, we have on our website, uh, you know, kind of a free masterclass to show people how to get back all the money for all the cars they're ever going to buy the rest of their life. Uh, but we also show them the the map, the money multiplier map that we'll build for them where we put all their debts and expenses or even potential potential investments in there and their banking system. And we have a specific mentor assigned to them uh, to walk them through even how do you take out a loan from the your, your policy? And then when it's time to start paying that back, how do you get the money back into the policy, the, the practical you know steps, the mechanics of actually doing that? And that's something that we work with our clients to update that two, three, four times a year because they're going to buy things and sell things. And so their debts and expenses are going to change, and we want to make sure that their action plan or their, you know, their uh, their spreadsheet is up to date at all times as well. So there's not very many companies out there that do that or provide that level of service for their clients. And like I said, I've worked for two or three other companies in the past. I just haven't seen anybody else uh, that does it anywhere near as well as you know what we're able to provide people with the money multiplier is kind of a the backbone of you know what our company does in in helping service clients that way for the long term. Yeah, I appreciate that explanation. You 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 help them with I guess some financial planning in addition to obviously it's a tool and you're just helping them use the tool and understanding how to use the tool better and all that stuff. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Good question. So do insurance companies mind if you borrow or pay fast, borrow or pay fast, or is there you know if you do more than Four loans in a quarter, are they going to get very upset? I'm just using an example. Just, just give no, me some, That's a really good question. Insurance company doesn't mind, but if it's if you keep asking and repaying, borrowing, repaying, it's not a it's not a demand deposit with the bank. It's it's insurance company, right? They're just curious. Right. No, that's a really good question, Mike. You know, we talked about before there's over a thousand uh life insurance in, uh, companies in the United States that that uh you know will write insurance policies and anybody with a life insurance license can write you a, a life insurance policy but you know the the most critical important step of this whole system is you know how that policy is designed and whether it's designed and optimized specifically for the infinite banking concept and who that policy is written with in the first place uh, because if it's not it ultimately is not going to perform the way people are expecting it to um and 
you know, there are certain companies that we, like I said, we can only use mutualized uh, insurance companies for this banking, uh, you know, concept. And of those, there are certainly companies that are not very friendly to the infinite banking concept. Uh, they make it, uh, they, uh, they, they make it difficult for people to take out loans. Like they won't let people touch the cash value for a year or in some cases, two to three years. And we're, we're telling people like, Hey, let's get that policy in place and let's have you meet with your implementation specialist and create a strategy. Let's start using the dollars inside there for the banking aspects, you know, immediately by immediately we've been within the first 30 days. And obviously if there's companies that won't let them touch that for a year or two or three years, and they're kind of not very, uh, they, they frown upon people taking out all those loans, uh, that's going to make it a lot more difficult for the client. So all the companies we work with are are very pro-infinite banking. Uh, they really assist our clients and help them um, and don't put those restrictions on them using it or how many times they take loans and pay them back and take them and pay them back. They don't have those kind of restrictions on there. So uh, we'll make sure that uh, you know we put them with a company that you know, will be friendly toward them utilizing the infinite banking concept because we want happy clients that are able to do what we're teaching them to do, of course. Rob, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, uh, company selection is critical. I mean, obviously, in the features, functions, and, and ability to borrow, which makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing all the wisdom. Um, how would folks get a hold of you? Obviously, you mentioned yourfinancialiq.org. Uh, yes. The other way, or any final thoughts? Just uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I'd be happy even to give people my a cell phone number. Please don't call me. I rarely answer phone calls, but you can text me and say, "Hey, I heard you on the Big Mike Fun, Rob. I'd like to connect." My phone number is 309-737-1534. I love talking to people about this and helping them set this up for their family and their future and their legacy. Um, and like you said, if they just would like at this point a free training, we have our master class about everything infinite banking on yourfinancialiq.org. Um, and they can also schedule a call right from the website if they want to connect uh, more. That's a great way to do that, too. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate your uh, wisdom and good luck with the infinite banking. <laughs> it's the good well, old... Thanks for uh, having me on, Mike. It was, a, it was a good time. I always enjoy talking about this. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.